0: Welcome to the DSpot Podcast. Dr Dana McNeil is a licensed marriage and family therapist who specialises in working with couples using the Gottman method. Her evidence-based practice provides support for the wide range of relationship issues that modern couples face. By using her open, affirming, and outside-of-the-box thinking, Dr. Dana is able to approach her work with couples by bringing both insights and tools that reflect the realities of today's complicated relationships dr dana features guests on her podcast that include a unique array of celebrities ceos influencers and everyday folks who are all working on navigating new conversations about how society views what goes into a successful relationship and now here's your host dr dana mcneil
1: Welcome to the D-Spot Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Dana McNeil, and this is the podcast about all things relationships and the people in them. Today, I am bringing you something different. We don't usually talk about what gets us into the relationship, which is dating. And I thought it would be wonderful to have a person who does that for a living. So I'm going to introduce you to April Davis. She's the founder of a company called Luma, which stands for Luxury Matchmaking. And it is a nationwide matchmaking service that serves clients in over 40 states. And you are part of the Inc., 5,000 fastest growing company. That is astonishing. Good job, April. Um, She has been a matchmaker for years, even though she looks like she's 12, but apparently she's been doing this for years. And she started out setting up friends and family. And she's like, "Wow, I'm good at this. Let me go ahead and set up. This as a legit business. And we'll talk to her a little bit more about how she did that. But she also is, interestingly enough, married to an attorney. So I imagine that being married to an attorney, she also gets some intel on what doesn't work to help her with her job. So I'm excited to introduce you to April Davis. Hi, April. Hi there. Thank you for having me. Of course. So tell us a little bit about how you got started. This is fascinating.
2: Well, I'm not just married to any kind of an attorney. I'm married to a divorce attorney. Oh, even better. You
1: have more and more intel.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So that gave me some different kind of insight into relationships. And we were always talking about how people, you know, what they do that leads them to a divorce. And oftentimes it was just things that they knew ahead of time. Like, oh, they didn't want to have kids. and Or one person, you know, was Muslim and the other one was atheist. And then, you know, that became a
1: problem when they had kids. And so there's just- So there was red flags that people were just like, not looking, blinders. Want to be in a relationship?
2: Well, you know, you don't see red flags when you have rose-colored co- goggles, right? <laughs> rose
1: colored Good point. Good and point.
2: Yeah. So that's the thing is that when people fall in love, they start to ignore all those red flags, and so that's why we take really a values approach to matchmaking. Ooh. We look at goals. Values and you know what's what's most important to them and try to match accordingly. So it's not you know just like oh this person likes to golf and you know he likes to golf so perfect it's a match let's put them together. No, there's a there's a lot more thought that goes into it when we're finding. I
1: like that that. and I that leads into something I was going to ask you about because I like this idea of values as a way to relate someone just besides swiping on an app and thinking that you look like a cutie patootie right so tell us, cause this is like one of the burning questions for me. And I'm imagining anyone listening to who is dating, why would I choose a matchmaker over just going on any old website or social media? Like th- one of the differences is you're going to match based on values, right?
2: You know, it just, um, when you were saying this, it just, I just had this thought about how when you go to Home Depot and you're trying to pick out a paint color and there's you know thousands of options there yeah so imagine okay going there trying to figure it out and what you know what's going to go well with your furniture and this and that or you can hire an interior designer and get it done and it's going to be amazing so that's that's really the difference right you can try to be the interior designer and figure it out on your own and kind of bump it around and it's never going to be quite as well as you have if you hire a professional to do it and so we work with a lot of busy executives and professionals and people that just maybe don't have the time or don't want to deal with the whole online thing they don't want to put their photo out there maybe they're they want their confidentiality and maybe they're not meeting the type of that they're seeking ultimately and that's why it can be helpful to have middleman which is you know the matchmaker it's something that's been around for thousands of years and we really dig in to get to know our clients understand you know who they are and who they're looking for and then we can match accordingly we introduce them we set up the dates you know we plan it and everything so they just show up and get to have fun so we take care of all those details if you think about it kind of like a concierge slash personal assistant. Absolutely.
1: Because what research has shown is that when we have too many choices, we don't make choices. Right. And I hear from my clients a lot that are dating that it seems like, you know, if something starts to feel uncomfortable a little bit, then that person just goes back to the candy store, which is that website because they got FOMO right? That there might be the bigger, better fish there. And so I'll just keep searching, but I'm imagining when an expert like you says, no, no, no. These are the five that I have found for you that are the most perfect or whatever number that is. Right. And so you vetting them and you telling them it's not going to get cuter and better and more interesting. If you keep going back to get a paint sample that there's like an ease that they can settle in and really try to like make the relationship work.
2: Well, we really want people to focus on the relationship and not just the person and um, or like what the person can bring to you and stuff. Okay, being committed to finding a relationship, which is, I think, different than just that person sitting in the seat. And so if you know they want a bonding relationship and when you are just, you know, next, next, next all the time. You're never going to be able to really bond with someone. And so that's why we try to place a lot of emphasis on, okay, really connecting and and bonding with someone and why that's valuable versus, you know, just having a bunch of dates with people. And you yeah, you hit the nail on the head that with online that there's just there's so many options. There's too many options. Yes. And it's easy. I always I always think about fishing where you can throw that one back and catch another and try to get a bigger fish and a bigger fish. And it's we'll just you'll just end up in that cycle and pretty soon you've caught all the fish <laughs> and that there is and there there isn't any any new fish. <laughs> so, or you're the old fish that's in the pond and nobody wants to go with, you now
1: because they've seen your profile online for years. So,
2: <laughs> and you
1: never caught by anybody. So you must be damaged goods or whatever yeah. that connotation is. That's okay.
2: I hear that a lot for, from people where they're like, yeah, I got online again. And it was the same people that were on there last time I was single. And I'm like, yeah, it's interesting <laughs> to, to know that people are, they do pay attention. They do see you. so
1: So I wanna talk about, I'm curious as a therapist, if I'm continuing to keep throwing the fish back and going to get more, is that potentially, you're my little junior therapist now, my dating therapist, does that potentially mean that I'm not necessarily ready to be in a relationship because I keep telling myself, I give myself an out that there's something better out there for me. And is that just my way of protecting myself so that I don't necessarily have to commit to a relationship?
2: You know, I'd say that's one sign, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely, it's a good sign. I also think that it's just kind of reflective of our society, at least American society these days, where we're used to that immediate gratification we can order whatever whatever we want online you know amazon we can have it show up the next day or that day and um or it's like we think that we can just buy a, a when we it's like buying a car when we are dating we think we can choose whatever options we want and if it's not exactly you know we want the leather and it it only comes with vinyl then no we can we don't want that one we're going to find a different one or make a different one and and People need to realize that, you know, we're, you're dealing with relationships and people and they're not, a you know, this isn't build a bear or build a boyfriend. I always say, you know, or, um, what's that weird science? Remember that TV show? Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm constructing the perfect
2: partner. Right. And that's why, again, I come back to, you have to be committed to the relationship that you want and not necessarily, it's not just the person sitting in the seat. I mean, cause sometimes you have to you're going to have to take the good with the, the bad. Right. So yeah.
1: I love that you're doing that as cause you're the, you're their coach as well. Right. You're not just a matchmaker, but you're coaching them through the process. And I'm so grateful that there's someone in the dating world. That's like, it's not always going to be perfect. You're not perfect. You're going to have to like find the things that you can accept that won't change and dig a little bit deeper and like be okay with things not being perfect and that you're normalizing that experience. Yeah, exactly.
2: So the matchmakers on my team, there's an average tenure of 14 years. (laughs) So of uh, matchmaking in the matchmaking profession. And then we also have dating coaches on the team and spiritual, spiritual coaches and even health coach, you know, because we, you know, everybody, we're all a work in progress and we all need help. And so that's why it can be really helpful to talk to someone that's you know this is their job this is what they do they're mm-hmm. professionals and just can offer a different opinion because i often i'll hear people just spew out huge stereotypes or like the, and just they're acting like they know everything about everyone and i'm just i'm flabbergasted because like this is okay what i do every day is i meet with people and i mean i would meet with sometimes i would meet with up to 10 people a day wow so yeah, it was a busy day. (laughs) (laughs) And what I've learned after meeting and interviewing so many people is that the moment that you think you have a stereotype or you figured it out, then you'll meet somebody that will blow that out of the water. So there's no, you can't just make blanket judgments on people. You have to be open-minded and it's just,
1: it's, which is why your approach is great, right? Because you're saying, let's figure out your non-negotiables on values because people will lose hair and gain weight and we'll all get shorter as we age. So stop looking for the Benjamins in the wallet, maybe find a value system that is not going to change because that's their character, which will hopefully stay that way over time. Yeah. And, I think,
2: um, you know, one thing that comes to mind is that women, especially think that they well look at my, you know, I have this great resume, I, you know, I'm really successful, I have all these things. And so I should be able to, or a guy that, you know, is equally or more successful is going to want me. And it's just, it's different, obviously, for men versus women and what they're looking for, in someone, men are very, visual creatures, and mm-hmm. they want that attraction right off the bat. Whereas women, um, guys can grow on women, you know, they, as women get to know guys, they can see that they, they offer more than just the physical, right? So I always think about, um, what women are looking for is safety. It's kind of mm-hmm. and it emotional like, safety. Yeah. yeah. So emotional safety, maybe financial safety, physical yeah. safety, like they yeah. want, to be, like he can protect their And, um, Emotional, physical, not yeah like basically I think I covered it all, but yeah, it's so, it's just, it's different between men and women and um, they have to be aware of that too. And so sometimes that whole, the whole online dating cannot be, <laughs> won't, won't be as um, helpful in finding that type of attraction and relationships. Mm-hmm. Or, People.
1: So you must, I'm imagining because you're, you know, you have some high end clients that confidentiality is important to. And when you are matchmaking professional women that are successful, is that intimidating to some of the male partners? Or is that like, how do you help them navigate that world?
2: Yeah, I think some guys are definitely going to be intimidated by a really successful woman. So she wouldn't be the right fit for him, right? Mm, so okay. I wouldn't even put them together. Instead, we—I would focus on. So, if I got a woman that was like, "I need somebody that makes you know so much more money than me," and da da da, I would challenge them to think, consider finding someone who can complement them. Mm. You know, not necessarily. You don't necessarily want your twin, or like even maybe a better, more richer <laughs> version
1: right. of you're not trying to get another alpha male to compete yeah. with you
2: and you have enough money like really you need his you don't so why not find somebody that is the right complement to you that can help so be supportive to you in different ways not financially but mm-hmm. maybe emotionally and maybe even physically or whatever it is that
1: mm-hmm.
2: that is also
1: like you're looking for to help complete the puzzle mm-hmm. So I imagine part of what your coaching is, is also helping your clients identify when they're ready to date, because sometimes you've had relationships end and there's a process that you need to go through. How do your clients know? Yes, I'm ready for this. Yeah. I always talk about how, um, so my husband's the divorce
2: attorney and I'm the matchmaker. So we people always laugh, you know, they're like, oh, you can refer people to each other. <laughs>
1: one stop shop it's a revolving door go see him and then come see you but
2: we just need a therapist in between us so okay (laughs) here you go
1: i'm part of your world now (laughs) we'll
2: add you to to the circle so i feel like a lot of people don't do their work though in between and they just kind of bounce from relationship to relationship and you know there's so many things they could do they could talk to a therapist they could read a book you know but instead they just use their own experience and maybe venting, or I don't know, they look at them, Instagram for <laughs> support yeah. and really it is something that it's unfortunate, I think, because relationships are so important, not just, you know, for love, but you know, friends and everything. And it's not something that gets a lot of emphasis for learning. Right. And we don't learn how to deal properly with conflict or, you know, um, just all these different things and those are some life skills that are very valuable so i would i always am i'm just a big advocate of people taking the time to you know learn more about themselves and about relationships and you know read some books i see all the books behind you and obviously you, <laughs> what you do and i mean i have a shelf full of books and like 200 and some audiobooks that i listen to so it's really important i think to just really try to learn and grow and understand and. Be humble enough to know that we don't know everything and it's important
1: to continue. And they're bound to repeat the mistakes that ended the past relationship if they don't kind of have some insight about what they bring to the party, both good and bad.
2: Exactly. And that's why when we do an intake with our clients, we go through their past relationships and understand, you know, what did they like about them? Um, You know, what happened ultimately in the relationship and just kind of figure out, okay, what's their pattern? And, um, you know, what are we going to do different this time around? Because, you know, what's the difference? They're the
1: common denominator in all of their relationships. So whatever they've been dragging as baggage, they're going to bring into this one.
2: Or maybe they're going after a certain type and Ah. they're trying to Oh, maybe this is the right one that, you know, if only if, you know, I'm going after the same type, but you know, if this one might, this one might work out because maybe she won't be, or he won't be so blah, 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 whatever, X, Y, Z. And so they keep having the same type of type. Mm-hmm. this one guy that I um, had as a client comes to mind where he literally, every woman he had dated was blonde and she had a, she had a boob job. <laughs> and that was his type. He, oh yeah. He definitely had his type. Okay. And I'm like okay so what are we gonna do this time around we're gonna to try to find somebody that maybe doesn't have a boob job I don't know or maybe he has a different
1: color brown hair and an a cup
2: okay we're gonna and he just he wanted he kept going after that same physical type and he's like well maybe this will be the one you know and maybe she'll she'll work out or she'll be different somehow then All the other ones. And I'm not saying that it's not possible, but right. And there's probably more similarities to his type than just the physical things that I'm saying. But
1: right, right. It's it's limiting you, though. Like if you're what I'm hearing you say is that if you're really looking for your person, your person doesn't just come in a blonde wrapper. Like, and you're limiting yourself. You're going to the grocery store and you're like, I'm only going to have me some wheat bread. And you're like, sourdough rye, not interested. But you say that you're really hungry. And so it gives you a mixed message about what they're really looking for. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So that leads to a question that's important. And I'm imagining people are wondering is it a stereotype that older successful men are only looking for someone who's like 20 years younger than them because a lot of my clients are telling me that this is a stereotype out in the dating world that if you're 40 or 50 years old you're not going to find a guy who's interested in you who's also 40 or 50 years old that they're looking for 30 and under is that in your
2: experience yeah, there's I mean stereotypes exist for a reason right so, but so there is a subset of guys that's what they want but there's also there's a lot more I would say that at least that I deal with that are um, they want to date their age but they also they do want to be attracted to the okay woman. okay so I think that these women that are telling you this, I would ask them, you know, to look at themselves, like, are you taking care of yourself? Are you healthy, you know, in a healthy weight? And, you know, there's so many women that I've, I've noticed that they just put their kids first or their career mm-hmm. first and they kind of let them, they're, they put themselves last. And mm-hmm. so they're not doing all those things that really made them feel good about themselves and um,
1: healthy and, you know, self-care. feminine. Right. What's that? self-care they're not making themselves part of the care group that they yeah. take care of and so
2: they kind of lo- they lose their femininity because a lot of times they you know cut their hair they're in positions where they're having to make big de- decisions and um just running the show and so they mm-hmm. kind of take on these masculine characteristics and well that's not attractive to sure men. and so that's what I would say okay well what are you doing you know what kind of energy are you giving off in the dating world and and what can you do to try to like re find your, mm. feminine. and then you will find, you know, you will find that there are men that are your age that are looking for someone that is closer to their age and not just okay. 20 years younger. But it is a fact though that men can date women that are 20 years younger. So mm. I also think that women need to be realistic. So sometimes I have women that come to us and they're like, I only want to date guys my age and younger. Well, that's not <laughs> always the, you know, the, it's, there's not going to be that many guys that are open to that, or you're going to attract the wrong kind of guys.
1: Ah, okay. So you're suggesting then that they maybe think about dating someone a bit older than them.
2: Yeah. I mean, around your age, or I think that 10 years is really either direction. Yeah, I, well, at least I think that would be um, 10 even 15 years is, is people always say you know age is just a number and it really it depends on the person so yeah my okay. husband is 10 and a half years older than me so um, and it, it works I just I feel like I couldn't relate to guys my own age and when we met it just we were in similar
1: places in our lives and it worked out for us so. okay so we have somebody who's ready to work with you what's the process what should they expect it would look like
2: They can just go to our website. It's lumasearch.com and Luma is L U M A search.com and fill out the profile form. So that way they will be entered into our system and then they can schedule a time to meet with a matchmaker. And the matchmaker will do basically go through a bunch of questions to understand who they are and who they're looking for, make a determination if we can ultimately work with them, if we can find, if we think we have the kind of person that they're looking for. Okay set them into our program as a client um and then we can get to work and helping them to find their match
1: how many clients do you usually have at a time that you would like be able to sort through to look for a partner for them
2: oh clients are those that are ones that hire us to find um for us to do the search on their behalf okay there's work with about 10 clients at a time okay um, yeah. So we have- you give them
1: lots of individualized attention. They're just not like on a website somewhere where people are scrolling through. These are like, they become your children and words of your practice for a while. Yeah.
2: Luma is a boutique agency. It's very much one-on-one. And like I said, we have a whole team of experts that can help people with whether it's spirituality or health or um, state mm-hmm. coaching in general. And um, we have a lot of different thing, tools that we use to mm-hmm. help people to ultimately get into that relationship they're seeking.
1: It sounds like it would be a really great experience for somebody who's maybe not had as much success or had some disappointments and don't really understand what they're doing so that you can kind of guide them and give them feedback. We have a
2: first date specialist on our team. Oh my goodness.
1: Tell me about a first date specialist.
2: What do they do? She will look at um, also look at clients profiles, their online profiles and give them feedback and just talk to them about, you know, how, what, you know, best practices and and kind of get feedback from them on what they're doing. So sometimes we'll have our clients after they've been on a date or two, and we've received some feedback, we'll send them to, the the first date specialist and she's a published author and um also about just about first dates and so she can deliver the feedback she's just really good with that
1: particular piece okay now i'm curious what does a perfect first date or as close to perfect first date what are we looking to achieve on that date well i think word
2: that comes to my mind is connection okay so a lot of times people show up on a date and they're like, okay, show me why you give me your resume or like, tell me why you deserve a second date. And like, Oh, like, really, really? <laughs> I've, I've some guys. Oh, uh, this one guy in particular that, okay. She showed up and then she went to the bathroom and she like fixed herself up because she, all of a sudden she was interested. So she showed up like not, she, was like, yeah, she didn't
1: whatever. bother to even give that person the respect of putting on her face she was deciding whether or not he was worth a makeup application yeah so
2: then she went to the bathroom and came back and she was like more done up and like hmm that's interesting because she she came in with a negative attitude so that's part of it is like people's we all make preliminary judgments and that's why I always talk about it's so important to go in with an open mind and open heart and instead of being there like expecting like you're going to give me something like you're going to show me a good time you're going to show me why you deserve a second date I think it, it's more beneficial for people to go in with a giving mentality and then mm. you're there to give the person across the table a good time you're going there to you know help them to whatever talk you want to learn more about them you're curious being genuinely curious you know sure. all those things will help build that connection
1: I'm sort of always telling my clients why are you rushing to see if they're marriage material you can't even decide if you want to be their friend by the end of your coffee date or whatever it is that you're doing I mean isn't that what you're sort of saying is we should approach this like is there an enough in common that I'd even want to know you
2: well and that's kind of annoying t- to me because it's like you okay you're trying to decide if they're someone that you should marry like okay first things first like you <laughs> decide if they even want to see you again first of all right it's just people are so complex and they evolve and you know different people can bring out the best or worst in each other so to make these huge judgments of people in fractions of a
1: second sometimes you're not giving people the benefit of the doubt that maybe they're not good test takers and this feels like a test right they I'm not going, if I'm an introvert, I'm not going to be the most gregarious person on that date until I get to know you a bit. And do
2: you want, really want that person? Because I mean, sometimes those people that are super gregarious and funny and everything else, they're professional daters. Like they ah, know what okay. they to do and have to get in your pants and, or to get whatever they want. You know?
1: Oh, good intel. Good intel. Okay.
2: Again, that's why I think it's so important to know that people are complex and it takes, I, I mean, you ha- I think it's important to go on two dates because I always, I think back to the story of this, um, this one time I met a gentleman at a networking event and he was super shy and kind of nerdy and um, I had to do a lot more of the talking to try to get him to, you know, basically tell me about himself. And then, um, we agreed that we're going to meet for coffee. So, um, he could go through our whole process and everything. And I seriously had to go back and like, look at my nose. Like, is this the same person? <laughs> it was a totally different guy that showed wow. up like, <laughs> and then, um, he was way more confident and comfortable. And I think it just, it was partially because that was the second time. Yeah getting to being around me so he was more comfortable but then we were on we were just one on one too. So it was in a weird like environment with a ton of people around and you're kind of yelling and trying to hear each other. So
1: it's just people it's your environment. It's your you know, like you said, how comfortable you are in this situation with the other person, how much you're vibing with them. Maybe if you're not disconnected because you just came from a work event, like there's a lot of things that can impact them being able to be present on that first date and maybe give them a second chance.
2: But his attractiveness level, I would say he went from like a, a four to a seven or eight, you know, uh, uh-huh. just his demeanor had changed and that just between the two interactions or meetings. Okay.
1: So, yeah. so looking for connection, giving people another opportunity, wear your makeup before you come to the date. Don't possibly just go do it in the bathroom. These are good tips. What are the other new dating tips? Is, and what I mean with that one, that example is
2: about like being, coming in with an open mind and an open heart. Yeah. She's showing up. Prejudged and was like, oh, I'm not going to be interested in this guy whatever. And, and then, you know, it's like showing up, not really putting in a lot of effort. And then as soon as she found out, I'm like, oh, this is somebody that I really am interested in. Maybe I better show up. And so that's, that's
1: great. I mean, I guess, cause I've always thought, well, if you wouldn't show up enough to me to even treat me like you would your friend, what are you telling me about our potential? And by the way, if you're not a perfect fit with them, maybe you have a cousin or a brother or a bestie you want to introduce me to. So maybe you should suit up.
2: Exactly. Exactly. You know. And that's-
1: okay. So do people still like, not call for a certain amount of time is that a thing like how do we let each other know that we're interested
2: i mean okay so <laughs> there are different schools of thought on that one but i just think there's a balance right just normal communication or i think of um sales a lot of times with dating. okay sales are really similar you don't want to be um come off appearing too pushy to- yeah. Pushy or eager. And um, nobody wants the free anything. Uh, if you can get something that, co- if something is worth a thousand dollars or it's free, people are naturally going to want the thousand dollar item. Sure. Better quality.
1: We make a, an assumption.
2: Higher inherent value in it. Okay. There's a higher price tag attached to it. So do you want to be the, you know, the thousand dollar purse or do you want to be the free purse? And so if you want to, Ride, find that balance of being available and showing that you're interested, but also not too <laughs> available or too interested in. So um, again, I think it's still a lot of times that um, we're, we're women expect men to make the first move, they expect men to pursue. Is that still a
1: thing? Do we still expect a fella to like do all the work?
2: Well, I think a lot of women do, they have that, um, they wanna be pursued. And, you know, it's romantic and everything. And I think it's great if guys do that. Absolutely, they should. But I also want to make women aware that the good ones are having a lot of other women going after them. So um, if you want this great guy that you've, you know, this list laundry list of things that you're looking for in someone, you're going to have to put yourself out there. And you may have to make that move. I was um, actually talking to my brother yesterday and he told me about how um, he's like, getting all these women like randomly the lady at the drive-thru gave him (laughs) her number and some lady at the gym um, contact he met her at the gym and then she followed up with him on social media and, and messaged him and he's like I'm not even trying he's like he's not interested in any of these particular women but it's just it's I think it's interesting that women will go out and they aren't making the first move and why wouldn't you right the way I look at it is you pursued everything else in your career to get to everything else in your life to get to where you are. You know, you wanted a home, so you worked and you made money and you bought your house and fixed it up and made it your home. Um, you're, you wanted this career. So you paid to go to school so you could get into this career path and be where you are. So in the most important, I think arguably the most important thing in your life is your partner. Why wouldn't you pursue the kind of person you want and, you
1: know, like know Is it because there's always been that sort of like message out in the social world that men want to hunt right and if you make yourself too available then you're an easy catch that they can just drag back to the cave and there's no effort right I mean it's there's a
2: balance so think about back in the day when the lady used to drop her handkerchief right and pick it up and give it to her so there's making yourself available and making it um showing that him that that you're interested, I think you have important. skin in
1: the game too. You're not just
2: because I mean, men also we're we're dealing with that whole with the whole Me Too movement, and you know, men don't want to come off as a creep, so maybe they don't want to pursue or ask. Yeah, good point. Want to bother somebody if what if she is married or and they don't know what? So it's important for women to drop the handkerchief in a modern day sense and let them know that hey, I'm interested, and then allow him to make the next move or i mean sometimes you might have to be a little more forward and say here's my number call me
1: <laughs> so okay this is awesome i'm so grateful that you were willing to come on and give us some insight on dating these days cuz it's not easy and again i'm so grateful that there's services like yours that kind of help demystify what to do, or just to have that like almost best friend that you can like deconstruct the date with afterwards or prepare for it in like a professional way. So you have more opportunities for success. I'm I'm really grateful that you were here. Thank you for, for spending some time with us. So repeat again, how do they find you love so that, because they're going to be knocking down your door.
2: And I just have to say, I appreciate what you do for helping people be ready for a relationship and have the right tools that they need. So to to become a member of Luma, they can just go to our website at lumasearch.com and it's
1: L-U-M-A search, dot com and fill out the profile form. Grateful, grateful for you. Thank you so much for participating. And I hope that lots of people hear this and they come use your services so they can have a better opportunity at having a good relationship. Well, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: This has been the D-Spot Podcast with Dr. Dana McNeil. To learn more about Dr. Dana's practice, simply visit us at www.danamcneil.com.